everyone. My name is Dr. Peace Uchin, also known as Doc Peace. I'm a doctor by trade, retired now, and spoken word artist. I'm also the podcast host of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace, where we feature NFT creatives and share doses of inspiration on ways to get it going and find your version of success in the Web3 space. Um, so I'm really grateful and excited to be here on this exciting podcast, Miami Lit Podcast, because I know that it is lit and I'm ready to get it going. Thank you. That was beautiful. So as you said, this is Miami Lit Podcast. My name is Jenny, and I'm so excited to have you here today. So, yes. so excited. So yeah. very grateful to be here. I'm glad that we were able to connect, and it's always so wonderful to be able to do do so in this space we're in. We're always connecting virtually, and yeah. uh, it's nice when we're able to kind of touch base, and I'm sure one day we'll, we will connect IRL. Yes, I cannot wait. Yes, definitely when you come down to Miami mm -hmm. or when we go to California. Ah, yes, yeah. there's some upcoming <laughs> events coming up and uh, really excited to connect with you then. I know the Miami event, NFT Miami, will be coming up in right. about a, a month or so. And then we have San Diego NFT Con in April. Yes, that's that looks great because I you introduced us to Brad and I know he's been working so hard to get that going. I'm so excited to see how it's going to go this year and then to watch it grow. That's going to be super cool. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So before we get sidetracked, let's get started at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, you were uh, or you are just not practicing right now a doctor. How, how was that journey and how did you pivot? Yeah, that's a great question. So I am a doctor of pharmacy by trade. I went to University of California, San Diego for nine years. I graduated with the bachelor's of science and biology of science um, in 2009 um, and then continued on to attend the school of pharmacy, graduating again in 2013 with a doctorate and then continued on at UCSD to obtain a certification in ambulatory care at the hospitals. Uh, UCSD hospitals and graduated again in 2014. So three-time graduate of UCSD, worked in the worked in the pharmacy corporate space specifically for about half a decade. And then I realized that I was not in a full alignment with my purpose. Um, and this realization actually came when I was at this family wedding. This was back when I was working full-time as a pharmacist um, and And I looked like I had everything, everything I ever wanted in life. I looked like I had the perfect life. On paper, life. it was perfect. On paper, on socials, because I mean, that's where we usually point. show point. that, show our beautiful, perfect life. And so if you if you followed me on socials, you saw, you'd see that I had a great car, um, a great home, lots of family and friends that I was surrounded by and hung out with often, but When I was at this family wedding, I was dressed in this beautiful gold sequin dress and it looked expensive. I was looked the part of a successful pharmacist. And I recall sitting there and watching the other guests arrive and they would interact. And I felt like I was just watching from this globe and in the inside, like inside the globe. And I couldn't really fully interact because I was playing a role. And I forgot the lines. Did you feel like you were unauthentic? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
like I was playing this role of somebody who was living this perfect, successful life, this happy, perfect, successful life. But I felt like I wasn't truly aligned with my purpose, even though it looked like I had everything going on on the outside. And so that's when I had this realization that I need not just to wear gold, I needed to be gold. And I came up with this powerful acronym that has been the underlying foundation of my entire brand, Doc Peace. And it stands for Genuine Original Loving Dreamer. Genuine Original Loving Dreamer. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad that it resonates. And that's when I realized that I needed to align more. I needed to be more genuine. I needed to be more authentically me. I needed to tap into my own innate gifts, my own innate skill sets and uh, talents and start expressing that even more. And then showing myself love as well. Um, and doing the things that really lit me up um, and really following my dreams. A lot of the dreams that I kind of stepped away from growing up that I was told that I couldn't do such and such. I couldn't publish a book. I couldn't be an author. I couldn't, I couldn't be an artist because there is no money in that. And so I went a different path and I'm grateful that I did go that path. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I learned a lot of skill sets that I now utilize now um, in what I do here in the space. And uh, but one thing that I did also learn was that in order for you to continue going, making those forward steps, your heart has to be in it. And and although that my purpose in life, I always believe it's to provide education and empowerment through education. Now I'm doing it in a different way. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That mm-hmm. resonates with me a lot. And I'm sure it does with so many other people because it's more common than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we throw ourselves into these careers that seem great and are beautiful mm-hmm. and we enjoy them, but not as a purpose fulfilling lifelong event. Yes. You know, and exactly. And I believe that we're all here for a reason. And our, the reason for being is linked to our gifts, our expert skills, and our talents. Right. So I went through this path of becoming a pharmacist for a reason. I learned a lot of skill sets that I'm now leveraging now from being able to effectively communicate, being able to professionally communicate, being able to provide education in a way that you can now take a line action through that information. So there's so many different skill sets that I learned. And along our journeys, we all learn these different skill sets. So even though I've stepped away from pharmacy, I'm practicing those skill sets each and every day. And even to say that UCSD School of Pharmacy has even brought me back to share, to to educate, to give a lecture to the first year pharmacy school students to share what it is I do now as a coach, as a speaker, and how I'm leveraging the skill sets that I learned in pharmacy school to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily stepping away and denying or rejecting it's integrating it into integrating. who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I totally skill sets. can totally mm-hmm. relate. Right? Yes. These skill sets are transferable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my, my dad always told us a saying that comes from his grandmother in Spanish, which mean, which says something along the lines of el saber no ocupa espacio, which means like to know or your knowledge, it's not going to take up space. Meaning gather as much as you can, 
you know, try to have it all. If there's something you're going to be greedy with, is with your your need for learning. Yes. And, you know, and I think that's um, that's I think that's what you're saying. All yes. these skills are not wasted. No, take no. up space. I love that that saying. Can you say that again? In in English. Ooh, <laughs> you both, want me to say both. In English? Both. What did I say? Let's re- rewind. No, it's uh, it goes something along. And Daddy, please, if I'm butchering it, don't be upset. <laughs> um, el saber no ocupa espacio. So to know or knowledge doesn't take up space. Uh, you know, knowledge doesn't take up a space, and that really resonates with me because all my life I was told that education, first of all, is the key to success. Yes, and it's still very important to set your intentions on what your goals are and to get it going. And so a family mantra of mine that's been passed down from generation to generation is Wadoanya, Wadoanya, which means get it going in the Igbo dialect. Get it going. Mm -hmm. But in order to get it going, you need to feel, you need to have the education or the, at least some sort of knowledge and, and feel driven to learn more. And to take aligned action steps. Right. Mm. I love that. Get it going. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so simple, but it really is that spark that we mm-hmm. all need, you know. And sometimes it's not there and you you feel so stuck. Yes. But once you yes. get it going, it just the floodgates open. Exactly, exactly. And that's what happened. I mean, uh, from generation to generation, if I were to go back and look at what, what has transpired, my great grandfather was the chief of our tribe and he got it going by leading our tribe and making our, our tribe now successful and thriving. And then he passed on that, those words of wisdom to my grandmother, who actually became like the mother of our tribe and was feeding all the children in the tribe. My mother wow. at one point said that she thought that she had way more siblings than she had because everyone would be coming to our house to get fed and to eat and to co- and to communicate and to collaborate and to to uh, to share bread together and how special that they felt so safe you know to to mm-hmm. go there and that was the place of nurture and nutrition yes beautiful yes yeah. exactly and then that same phrase is what compelled my mother to come to America and become a nurse and to have three children and she ended up raising me and my siblings, my uh, two sisters on her own as a single mother. And, and so like that phrase has really struck me because, and stuck with me because it's, it's empowering, get it going, set your intention and your goals on something and get it going towards achieving those goals. Whether it means you need to reach out and ask for support when needed or whether it means you need to do your own research, figure it out, um, whether it needs to, you might need to learn the hard way, trial and error, but in any case, you're getting it going. Yeah. And so to answer your question, that's what helped help me to, to pivot to where I am now. So I left pharmacy, I've left the world of pharmacy, and I started a transformational speaking business where I was speaking uh, spoken words specifically to ignite events. I started off with re- outreaching to event coordinators and seeing if they would like their event ignited with spoken word. And I got a lot of rejection, but I got a, a, a few yeses. And so uh, I, I was able to shift to the next stage where now no longer was I outreaching, but people were outreaching to me. 
And then I got to the point where people not only were outreaching to me, but they were offering me a pay. So I started getting paid for igniting these events and it was going really well. And then COVID hit and mm-hmm. things kind of shut down. Um, actual events were, were no longer taking place in real life. So I was doing virtual. And so my business has be, had become an online based business. And so I realized that there are so many other service providers who want to start an online based business, but don't know how. And so I worked with another coach, dialed in my business even further, and then started teaching other service providers how to start an online-based business and grow their business. So I did that for a year and a half or so. It was going really well. I scaled my business to $20,000 to $30,000 a month that I was making regularly. And then I was able to help my other clients um, do the same with, with their businesses. And then I discovered NFTs. And I realized that, boom, okay, I really like the community here. I really like the, this is really lighting me up. And it it's allows me to tap into all of my gifts, not just the coaching aspect. I, I work with clients now with Pivot to NFTs, other service, service providers who are now wanting to share their services to the NFT community and so to support the community. I work with them through a program called Pivot to NFTs. But in addition to that, I also now am igniting NFT events with spoken word. And that so really like it all came together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And oftentimes we see that it does. It's like you start to wonder, okay, why did I learn this? Why did I do that? Why, why am I, why am I so able to do that so well? And these are your gifts, your expert skills and talents. And this is why I have my clients do an inf- take an inventory of their, their innate gifts, their expert skills and talents and write seven of each. And it really kind of gives you a sense for what it is that you should lean into. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can start kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together and figuring out, okay, like no one else has my exact same set of gifts, expert skills, and talents that I do. So I'm going to lean into these gifts even more. Right. And I'm going to share these gifts. I'm going to share these skill sets. And I'm going to combine them in this unique way because I'm the only one who can. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm doing a disservice to myself and to others. Exactly. Yeah. And that took that's something that took me a long time to accept, you know, because you're 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 taught to to be humble and mm-hmm. not to think that your talent, your innate talents is something that um, everyone on a grand scale should benefit from. Yes. You know? um, but you you hit the nail on the head. It really is a disservice to yourself. It really is. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and that was a realization that I had actually years ago, because one thing that I share, I've been sharing more frequently now because I'm feeling, I'm realizing that it lights people up and it ignites this light within them that they begin to realize that it's not too late. And so when I was younger, I used to have a lisp, very bad lisp, and I was very shy. And I didn't want to be seen, let alone heard. And I was literally, my favorite place in the world was underneath the bed. And this was like, not when I was a child, this was like when I was nine to 12. So right. it wasn't like I was a kid. It was like, I was a, I was. You had a really minor on your own already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, but what happened was like, I would spend a lot of time underneath the bed. My family would be looking for me. They'd be like, oh, she's underneath the bed, literally underneath the bed. I had everything I needed down there. I had a pillow for when I wanted to take a nap. Cocoon. Exactly. I had books for when I wanted to read. I had my shell collection for when I wanted to look at my shell collection. I had everything I needed (laughs) down there. (laughs) 
And, but one thing I realized though, that is that I had things to share. I had things to offer. I had gifts. I had, I had something that I wanted to, to, to share. And I wasn't doing that if I was hiding underneath the bed. And so I had to lean into people who actually believed in me. I had to, to align myself with those who were willing to provide support and encouragement for, for me to kind of come out of my own shell and my own cocoon. And I share this with you because it, a lot of us feel like we don't have anything to share. We don't have anything to offer. And it's again, doing such a disservice to ourselves and to others because we truly do. There's a reason again, that we've been put on this planet. There's a reason why we're, we're here and we're even blessed with our innate gifts. And we've been blessed with the, the, our, the journey that we've had along our, our life, our life road, as I call it, to obtain these skill sets. And there's a reason why we have this calling on our hearts to like spend day after day, like honing in a specific talent, right. To get better at it. There's a reason for that. And so that is what's creating like this. I call it this golden gratitude list of gifts, expert skills, and talents. And that's actually an acronym in itself. It stands for get. And that's what allows us to get gold. When we take the time to create this gratitude list of gifts, expert skills, and talents, this is what allows you to get gold, to get gold, gold in the sense of not, not the monetary gold per se, but to be able to align with who you truly are, right. your genuine, original, loving, dreamer self. Know your worth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because exactly. if you think of gold, we usually think of something that's worthy. And Ooh. and I love that you use that as the acronym for, for the self, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times we kind of push our worth to the side. Like, yes. ah, you know, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. And we undervalue. Yeah, but we are gold. We are gold, whether we know it yet or not. We are genuine, original, loving dreamers. And I, one of the reasons why that I, I was so drawn to the NFT community, which I'm a part of now, is because everyone in the space is shining their golden light. They, they're aligning or they, they're already aligned with their sole purpose and their confidently getting it going towards achieving that purpose. They're all, they're lit up, genuine, original, loving dreamers throughout. And I'm, I'm one of them. I'm proud to be one of them. I'm uh, honored to be, to be part of this community that's really getting it going and making their dreams a reality. And that's one of the things I love about this space too. Everyone is just so creative and excited and just ready to, you know, start this new adventure mm-hmm. it feels like. It really is. I mean, this is a new space, like web one, web two happened, and now it's time for web three. And web one, for those of you who haven't yet heard about these, the different breakdowns of, of uh, these, uh, this historical um, revolution that's taking place in technology, web one was when the internet first came out, you were reading you had, you couldn't really, you weren't able to, to communicate with what you were reading. You were just reading it and digesting the information. And web two was when you were actually able to now post on social media. This is the advent of social media where now you were creating the content 
And now people were integrating and connecting with you based off your content, but you didn't own that content. And this is where we're, this is where a lot of people are at now. This is where we're at now, but we're shifting to web three. And so in web two, when you sign up for these social media platforms, part of the agreement is that now they own your content. Yeah. So you're putting out your photography, you're putting out like your, your pictures, all, all of those words that you're putting in your copy, those aren't yours anymore. As soon as you hit upload. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's disarming to realize that, but that's, that's the reality. That's a fact. But when, with the advent of web three, now it's becoming more people are becoming more aware of the the dissonance between web two and web three, where now you can actually own your content and and in the form of NFTs, for example, you can own that content. You mint your NFT, you mint your work, and you are now the owner of that work. And it's so very clear that you are the owner. You can track it on the blockchain. And so now you're able to not only be recognized for the work, for your art, for your artistic expression, or for the value that you're sharing, but now you're also being able to monetize from it. Right. No more starving artists. No more starving artists. <laughs> so my family back in the day who told me that you can't make money being an artist, I'm now able to say, check this out. Yeah. And with that being said, it's more than just artistic expression that's being uh, shown in the NFT space. And a lot of people assume that it's only, only artists can, can make it point. in the space. Right. Yeah. But one, one big thing that I share with people who are new to the space and it's really eye-opening. I see their, their like eyes light up when they realize this fact. You can see the wheels turning. Yes. The wheels <laughs> turning because it's like, oh, it's not just for artists. And, and so there's three main ways you can enter into the NFT space as an artist. And I want to, I'll go back and clarify what I mean when I say artist. Right. And then as a collector, um, you're you're buying the art, you're you're holding to the art, and you can either be buying it because you appreciate the artistic expression and you want to support that artist, or you could be holding it because you are waiting for it to appreciate and then you want to sell it again. So you're flipping that art, mm-hmm. and then a service provider. So a service provider can be anyone, any service that's offered in in the web two space can now be offered into the web three space. So by services, you can think of uh, lawyers, legal advice is very needed in that, in the web three space, Um, accountants, those who are specialized in taxes, um, developers, software, software developers, coders, um, even social media experts, marketers, nutritionists, wellness providers, uh, mental health experts, anything you can think on that is needed in the web two space is probably a hundred times more needed in the web three space because it's, it's so it's saturated in the web two space, but in the web three space, we're, since we're so new, we are welcoming more individuals who are able to provide this support specifically for the NFT community. And so 
for example, one of my clients who's who's gone through Pivot to NFTs program, she has now established herself as the NFT nutritionist. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's actually her handle on Twitter, NFT nutritionist. And people come we'll to have her. To link her down mm-hmm. below. Yeah. Yes, people come to her for support for to dial in the nutrition and wellness because she does it specifically for the NFT community. And now, not only that, but she's actually able to, uh, she was actually able to align with the large scale project where now she's providing continuous support to that community. And so it kind of opened your mind as to what is possible in the Web3 space. Uh, Coming in as a service provider, working with clients one-on-one in the NFT community, but also aligning with the large scale project who can benefit from the services that you offer continuously. Like the, the... opportunities are like endless. And I think that's what, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think that's what uh, makes people hesitant that they're, the opportunities, like you said, are endless. There's no ah. boundary. You know what I mean? So it's hard for them to wrap their head around the fact that the sky's the limit as cliche mm-hmm. as it sounds. Yeah. Um, at least that's it, been my experience when people have asked me and I've tried to explain Mm-hmm. I see they have a, a difficult time coming to grasp with ah. the rule is there are no rules. Yes, right? this is true. A couple things that come to mind here is when there's no templates and I'm one of those people who like yeah. templates. I love me having too. a template, filling it in. I like having example structure, right? Yeah. Give me so the box. This, <laughs> right. But in this space, like we're entering into there, there, they're not, there's not a lot of templates. You might connect, you might be able to connect with someone who has done something like that. And you can kind of follow and, and kind of craft like a, a structure for how they did that. But, so one thing that I encourage people to do is to create the template. Be the person who's creating this template for others, especially since not many of them exist. So, for example, one thing that I noticed when I first joined the space was that in order for me to grow my community and to connect, I needed to hop into Twitter spaces. Mm-hmm. And this is one. This is the biggest step that I recommend for those who are new to the space. Hop into Twitter spaces, which are essentially Clubhouse, but on Twitter. And listen to these Twitter spaces. Give yourself about a week to just listen to these Twitter spaces. And one, one Twitter space a day for about an hour block. Once a day, every day, one hour block on Twitter. But then the next week, start to actually raise your hand and speak in these spaces. And that's what really gets people nervous. And so that was something that got me a little nervous because I was like, I don't know what to say. I hear people sharing this and sharing that. And I know that in order for you to make a larger impact, you need to have a call to action. So I kind of structured this, what I now call a roadmap to conscious connections in the metaverse. And it's like this five or six step uh, process on what to say when you introduce yourself in these new spaces. And so that's a gift that I'd like to share with the Miami Lit a community, this con- this roadmap to conscious connections, because it's such a great tool to get started Thank you. in the NFT yeah. community. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, I know it's, it could be very intimidating mm-hmm. to step into that, you know, especially when you're very new and you mm-hmm. don't really understand. And all you know is that you want to know more and that's, that's all you have in your arsenal. So yes. that's so gracious of you. Thank you. I'm you're sure so a lot of people will, will appreciate that. 
Yes, I'm so very welcome to to be able to offer that. And uh, again, as you're learning, take notes of what you're learning and create, see if you can create guides and and onboarding materials for others who are right behind you. They're trailing right behind you. They're they're welcoming that support as much as you are. And so if you provide that, if you can provide that, that's you're, you're passing on, you're passing it on, passing on the gold. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, yeah. What would you say to, to someone that is hesitant to, to all of this, to entering the space, to even learning about the space? Cause the number one thing I hear is why would I buy something I can't touch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to Again, the three ways that you could enter into the space. You don't necessarily have to be a collector. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy the work. No, you you can be as an, an artist. You can be an artist. You can be a service provider. And I want to touch a little bit more on what I mean by artist. Yes. Because an artist specifically is like, we think that it's someone who is a painter or a graphic designer or digital artists are the ones who we really see who are really kind of crushing it in the NFT community. However, there are other forms of artistic expression that are being more and more tapped into. So for example, think of Rug Radio, for example, was it's created by Farouk, who has rugs, like literal rugs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. And so the so the idea here is if you're a rug collector and you sell rugs, your NFT can be a picture of the rug. And then you could add on additional utility where now you send the rug to them, to the mm-hmm. to the to the your NFT holder who bought the rug, who bought that NFT. And so like kind of thinking outside the box here, like you're the artist can simply be like anything really. And so taking like an example from myself, like I'm a spoken word artist. And so the way that I'm entering to the space is as a spoken word artist. And I, I, I minted NFTs with spoken word on via text, text on paper with spoken word. I've recorded um, videos with spoken word. I've I've also collaborated with large-scale NFT projects to create custom spoken word for their brands. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. And lastly, what most people see is that I flow spoken word at NFT events. Yes. And so I closed out Gary Vaynerchuk's event back in November at NFT NYC satellite event. It was called NFT Blast Off to New York. And I was blessed to be able to close out his event with spoken word. And since then, it's taken off. How did that feel? It felt incredible. And like one thing that when you say, how does it feel? Like it kind of takes me back actually to how it felt. (laughs) And I can say that I was very nervous at the time. And, but I also felt like I was ready. I was ready for this opportunity. And to answer your question even further, like I can, let's, let me go back and share more on that story of how that happened. Yeah. Okay. So this was at new, the New York blast off to blast off to New York, NFT blast off to New York with Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary and um, McNellis, Jimmy McNellis. And 
It was a satellite event, meaning that we had to obtain tickets separate from the NFT NYC. I had okay. NFT, I had media passes for NFT NYC for my podcast, Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. And, um, and then we attended this other event and we had tickets. We arrived about an hour and a half early to attend this event. And prior to being present at this event, I flew from San Diego to New York. And I recall being on the plane and I almost fell asleep. And I told myself, no, I cannot fall asleep. I have this new spoken word flow called freedom with NFTs that I need to make sure I have memorized because I know that there's going to be an opportunity that comes up in New York and I want to be ready for it. So I stayed up on the, on the uh, plane, on the flight, memorized this new flow. So fast forward about a day later, I'm at this conference or at, I'm at the conference, the satellite event with, with um, Jimmy McNellis and Gary Vaynerchuk. And I was with my friend at the time, Lauren Turton. She used to be an event manager. So she scoured the crowd for the event coordinator and we all connected and we convinced the event coordinator that I needed to be on that stage. I had a new flow called Freedom with NFTs and everyone there, the hundreds of people present needed to hear this flow. And so she said, you're right, let's go. We'll close it out. And so that's how I ended up getting that last minute gig. It was so last minute, even Gary didn't even know what was going on when I was handed the mic. Um, and when I stood up to take the mic, I recall kind of shaking a bit. This was a big deal. This was my first time flowing for the NFT community for none and, other than Gary right. Vaynerchuk sitting right there. So I, I had to tell myself, like, this is the moment I'm ready for this. And I know that for those who follow uh, President uh, Obama or our former President Obama, he would say to get ready before you need to be ready. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how he got to his stature as a president was that he was always ready before he needed to be ready. And that's exactly what happened here. I was ready before I needed you to be ready. You got it going. I got it going. And so I took that mic and I told myself, I'm ready for this. Like, this is a moment that I've been preparing for. Like, all like for the years that I was flowing on different stages and doing spoken word and and honing in and, and creating flows. This is a moment. And these people here need to hear it. So I need to get myself out from underneath the bed that's in my, like the head right now. I need to pull myself out from underneath the bed and take the mic. And so like, even, even if you've done this so many times, there, you, you might need to give yourself these types of pep talks. And that's exactly what happened when I took that mic, gave myself a short little pep talk, took that mic and introduced myself. And then I opened it up with Gary, this one's for you. And I flowed Freedom with NFTs. It was very well received. The audience didn't see it coming, but it was, and it was very well, it was very welcomed. And I recall watching the video playback. Gary was very much enthralled, hooked on every single word. And at the end, he gave me this big hug and he whispered something in my ear. And I was so excited that I could not recall what he said, but it will come <laughs> back one day. It will come back one day. In a yes. Dream. And 
And then everything was kind of like a blur. He had the team came up to his Gary V's team came up to me. They wanted my contact information because they were like, Gary's going to want this. Um, I connect with so many people, some of which I'm doing collaborations with now, including Fame Lady Squad. And then none other than Ja Rule came up to me. Ja Rule was in the house. <laughs> that is that okay, that's like next level cool for us 90s kids. Yeah. Right? He yeah. and he said how much he enjoyed my spoken word. And I said, thank you. And at the time, I didn't recognize him, honestly. <laughs> so I said, thank you. Would you like a button? Because I was passing out these buttons, these old school po-ops. And he he I, he took it. I'm pretty sure he took it. Um, not sure if he wore it. Um, but it took me a moment to recognize that he was Ja Rule. And so when I did. for the best. Though. I'm sure he appreciated being, uh, you know. Uh, treated like another person this is true but I did recognize who he was a minute later and I was able to grab a quick interview with him for my podcast golden meta sessions with dog peace so I was able to find out what he was there for and what he's working on (laughs) that's so exciting so that was an interesting experience for sure very exciting what an amazing story Mm -hmm. wow Oh, my goodness. I think it's so incredible what you do with spoken word because to me, it's it's just it's such a difficult art because there's so many variables, you know, um, the, the crowd, you have to feed off of their energy uh, yourself, you know, how you're feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. There's just so much going on. And for you to be able to stay centered and just let it literally flow. It's so, so difficult. I coached debate for about five years. And one of my favorite things to to enter my students on, um, uh, one of my favorite events was oratory. Mm. And it would, yeah, I, I, I can understand how much work you put into it. Yes. And thank you for that. And I think that that's incredible that you, you know, how much effort and energy that goes into speaking yes. in public. It's the and number one feared, like the number one fear. It is. People have over death. People are more afraid of speaking publicly than dying. It, it is. And I can relate to that. I mean, I was the one underneath the bed too. But yeah. now look at us. Look at you. Look at you hosting this podcast and bringing, bringing oh, incredible beings um, to, to share their story and their journey and it, it's just such a blessing that you are now no longer underneath the bed with me. Um, yeah. And we're, we're sharing our truth because we have something to say and there's right. others that need to hear it. Um, and so to answer your question in regards to how I curate my spoken word and, and deal with the variables that are present, there are two different ways that I craft spoken word and the First, the one that I actually enjoy both, but the first is I let it flow. A lot of the messages that come to me, I believe, are channeled and they're channeled in moments that I'm not really expecting. Usually they come when I'm trying to fall asleep and I will wake up and say, no, like there's something that I need to write. There's something that I need to receive and I'm, I'm ready for it. So I have a notebook. I keep a notebook next to my bed. So that's something, Same. another takeaway, right? You got to stay, stay ready, get ready before you need to get ready, get ready before you need to be ready. So you keep a notebook beside your bed. If that's where, the, when the inspiration comes, 
Make sure you have a phone or a notebook handy when you're on the go. So that way the inspiration, when the inspiration comes, you're ready for it and take note for when that inspiration normally comes so you can be extra ready to receive it. Um, And then, so that's how I generate a lot of my spoken word. And and then when I'm asked to speak, I'll ask what the topic is. And based off the topic, then I'll reach into my library of spoken word that I've created and and pull out of one or two or three spoken word flows that align with the topic, because I know that that will speak to the audience. And then I also look at the audience as well, right? If I'm speaking at a bar, um, I might throw in a, maybe more R-rated spoken word flows right. versus yeah. more Adjust PG. Adjust to your audience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then the other way I like to do it is by if I'm if I'm connected with like a large scale brand, for example, or a large scale project, I will have them send me information like articles and other links so that I could do research on what the brand vision and mission is. And then I'll curate a custom spoken word flow that aligns with that. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's, that takes a lot of work. Yeah. It does. It does. But I'm, it's one of my gifts and I'm here for it. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Uh, Have you ever like forgotten a part of your, your oratory? Oh yeah. How do you deal with that? There's been times where I've forgotten the line and sometimes I'll take a pause and a breath and see what comes. Because I'll, I might usually I remember something else, either the next line or I'll kind of go off script and say a different line altogether. And I have to remind myself that no one else knows because it's yeah. my flow and they're and not sitting there with the line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely been times where I've been like complete gone. And then I had to kind of take a breath and reset and keep flowing whether it was the same flow or a different one. (laughs) Right. Are you comfortable in silence? Sometimes. Yeah. One, one of the things that I learned from pharmacy is the ability to memorize. And it's actually been one of my gifts that I've been honing in as well, but pharmacy school really kind of stuck that. So like it, when it comes to memorization, that's actually something that I'm good at. I know how, and it's something I actually teach to my clients if that's something that they want to learn, is how to memorize effectively. And so when you ask if I've ever forgotten the lines, yes, but rarely, because I have it so memorized and ingrained that it's it 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 flows. And that's so very important when I'm on that those stages like that I speak on, I want it to flow. I, I don't want it to seem like it's memorized or that it's right. that I'm reading it or whatnot. I want it to flow. Like it's a, it's a performance. Yeah. It's a performance. Right. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I did create a custom spoken word flow for one of the large scale NFT projects that I'm a part of. I am actually a tribe X insider and we are a large scale NFT project that literally exists to impact lives. We have 11,111 NFTs that are dropping on March 26th. And with that comes incredible opportunities for our our holders. So 
we're all about utility. And we do that in the form of education, because like we said, empowerment, education is, is the key to empowerment. In order for you to get it going aligned, you need to be educated. And yeah. we are very much passionate about making sure that our communities, our minority communities specifically, whether it's a female gender, whether it's African-Americans, whether it's Hispanics, whether whatever, all these minority communities, we want to ensure that they're not getting left behind as we enter into this new wave of Web3. And so what we're gifting to our holders is an opportunity to get educated through our agency on NFTs, as well as entrepreneurial skill sets as well, so that they can thrive not in only in the Web2 space, but in the Web3 space as well. And so that's something that we're really passionate about here at TribeX. And um, I created a custom spoken word flow to really showcase what TribeX is all about. Because again, one of the things that has allowed us to grow with our communities is this authentic expression of who we are. And we're not, we're not shilling our work or shilling our art, which is absolutely incredible, but more so like talking to our community about the values that we, we, we support. We support authenticity. We support growth. We support um, having a vision and taking aligned action. <laughs> so that's, it's not. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Yes. So I would actually like to just share the flow because I feel like this actually encompasses. Please do. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So I want to invite everyone listening to take a collective breath with us. In and out. See where I come from. We all exist as one. No one left behind as was once done in the past. We thrive as a tribe. United. I am Tribe X. X meaning we come as we are. X meaning we are ready to fill our cups with insight and light. X meaning we exist to impact lives, breathing life back into life. Again and again. And in this not so distant future, a parallel reality of shifting mentality from them to us, from me to we, we make waves in the metaverse. See, I now represents the collective and together we thrive. I am Tribe X. Welcome to the rebirth. Wow, that you're so talented, first of all. And that's amazing. That Thank is, you. That's amazing. If if there's a way to showcase a project and, and what it encapsulates, that's the way to do it. That's beautiful. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for listening with your heart and thank you for those yeah. kind words. And I completely agree. Um, the spoken word speaks to the soul. Yeah. It bypasses a mind that's constantly judging and negating and speaks directly to the soul. So there's definitely power in the spoken word. It takes us back to, you know, I mean, even even if you're not a Christian or Catholic or but the Bible starts with, you know, in the beginning there was the word. It it takes us back to this universal 
need that we have for communicating and understanding each other and exchanging yes. ideas and feelings and yes. humanizing ourselves yes. in a way that nothing else can. You yes. Know? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's Your talent is very special. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you were able to find your purpose within it because mm. now we have this. Mm. Thank you so very much for acknowledging that. It's so very true. I feel like I'm here for a reason in the space in the NFT community. And one of my passions is onboarding as many people in the space as possible. And I know that you're doing your work with Miami Lit Podcast. I'm doing my work with Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace and Pivot to NFTs program onboarding other service providers into the space. We're doing our work. We're doing the best that we can with our innate gifts, expert skills, and talents. Right. And, and that's all we can do, but we need to continue to pass the light, pass the torch. And in order to do that, pass on the information to others, pass on the information to your friends and your family members, especially if they're, if they're, questioning nfts if they're if they're struggling with their current state of being like there's a this is a new opportunity a new wave yes. it's a rebirth it's an opportunity to reset and to realign and it's a gift being able to share this with others so if you are yourself personally looking to get into nfts looking to understand more about the web3 space Bring others with you, pull others into it with you, because this is a, <laughs> this is happening. This is the wave of the future. So right. friends tell friends about NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're not participating. And I mean, you in a general sense, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's happening and it's unstoppable mm -hmm. because it's very much needed, you know, like how you said, everything happens for a reason. And I totally believe in divine timing. And it's, I don't think it's a coin, it's not a coincidence that this is happening now when the world needs other opportunities yes. more than ever. Yes. And it's opportunities, not just for yourself. It's not providing freedom right. only for you. You could make a global, massive social impact with NFTs. So one of the things that I'm working on actually personally is putting on a Web3 TV talk show series and it's, it's in the works and that individuals, so fun. right. And the yeah. individuals that I, that I am setting my intention on bringing on are individuals who are making a massive social impact. Yes, they're improving their own lives, but they're also improving the lives of others. And there's so many people in the space who are doing just that. So you asked like how earlier you asked how to go about convincing someone that the NFT space is something that they could actually thrive in. And the answer to that is by giving examples or finding examples of others in the space who are doing something similar with those gifts. When you can see yourself, point. Mm -hmm, when yeah. you can see yourself in somebody else, that's that's when the light bulb clicks, because there's one thing to see somebody shining and they're doing a great job. But you start talking, telling, talking yourself out of it like they have this other gift or they come from that other place. And they right. and they're but a when computer you engineer. See, I'm not yeah, exactly. Right. But when you can see barriers, mm -hmm, exactly. But when you can see yourself in somebody, that's when the light bulb goes off. 
So that's been a really great way to kind of convince or to encourage for a better term would be encourage others who are questioning getting it going in the NFT space to get it going. And you can do this yourself. You can do the same research, type in Google or go to Twitter and type in whatever skill set that you have, nutrition and NFTs. And you'll yeah. find NFT nutritionist who's doing something with there. nutrition. Well, exactly. And be or, inspired, you know. Exactly. I think the biggest thing is is to be open, you know. Anything new is bound to be scary and you you will be apprehensive, but it's it's a good time. It's an exciting time, I think. It really is. It really yeah. is. Yes. And, and NFTs are becoming more mainstream for sure. I mean, right. if you watch the Super Bowl, you saw that there was at least seven <laughs> NFT yeah. crypto related commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's and these a- are $30 million commercials, from my understanding. So for that to be invested in 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 on the Super Bowl, showcasing that these are things that are happening. These are these are action actual. Like these large scale, big brands are taking action in the space. Right. Yeah. The fact that they're paying attention mm-hmm. kind of lets you know this. We might all need to pay attention. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I'm extremely excited for everything that's happening. I think the one of the reasons why I value this space so much is that like, and you alluded to that earlier, the independence for everyone, the creator, the creator or creative mm-hmm. person behind the art, the collector, just, you know, just the ability as a collector mm-hmm. to be able to have art, original mm-hmm. art, and not have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Exactly. I think that's so important. And you might argue, well, art is not necessary, but... Is it not? You know, we all need a song every now and then to make us feel better. We all need to listen to someone say some beautiful words. We all need to see a pretty picture. So I, I, I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is just the beginning. We're only getting started. Yeah. yeah for so sure. one statement that's commonly said in the NFT space is LFG, which means less, let's yeah. go. But I've actually <laughs> changed that. I've Since I've entered into the space, I realized that that statement doesn't really resonate with me because I personally don't cuss. And so I've changed it to let's flow gold. Let's flow gold. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the original statement can be off-putting to a lot of people just because it's, you know, it's very constricting. It, it, it's said to you in a, in, a negative mind space mm-hmm. that not everyone wants to dwell in. What has been your experience like entering the space as a woman? Mm. One thing that I felt, I've always felt supported, and it's because I've lined with those who are supportive of women. One common statement that I heard um, in in a Twitter space was, I'm bullish on men who are bullish on women. Bullish meaning that I'm all about, I'm supportive of of women in the space. And so I've been able to align with others, men men and women who are supportive of women in the space, who've given me their time and energy and 
links to their content so that I can learn and so that I can grow in the space. I've connected with um, beings who have invited me on to flow at their events. I've connected with people who have invited me on to to speak on their in their spaces. So like, yes, there is a difference between a, a pretty large difference right now in the, in the number of men and women in the space, but it's growing. And so one thing that I would say would be to align yourself with others who are supportive of you so that you can continue to grow in the space. And it's, this is not to say that you're not going to align with others who aren't supportive of you, but as you're growing and as you're entering into the space, it's important to align with those who are, who are bullish on you as much as you're bullish on them. Because I'm all about energetic exchanges. Yes. Big, big deal. Very yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's transferable to all of life. You know, mm-hmm. it's always yeah. best to surround yourself with the right energy and the right kind of people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you've had such a great experience because I know that's another thing that make people hesitant, especially women. They feel like it's such a male dominated space. Yes. But with that being said, because there's so much advocacy for women to be more represented, now there's more opportunities. Right. So you'll see a panel of all men. And like, it's now like, okay, why are there as a panel? Why is there, why aren't there any women up there on that panel? Like people are noticing and they're Mm -hmm. wanting to change it. So now it's creating more opportunities. Now they're creating all female panels. Now they're creating, making it more diverse and more representative of, of the community. And so now you're finding that there's more opportunities to speak. There's more opportunities to be a panelist. There's more opportunities to be a moderator. There's more opportunities because people are noticing that, that, it needs there there needs to be a change here it needs to be more represented women should not be just in the back the behind the scenes doing the the work it, we need to be seen and it's um and it's happening and if you're a woman or female listening to this podcast i want you to connect with me <laughs> and and i want you to be a part of this community because you're needed here. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Now more than ever because it's developing. So if we can create a strong foundation for women in the space, for mm-hmm. anybody really who wants to be part of the space. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm all about tokenizing everything but our society. And what I mean by that is that like looking back at times where I felt like I was the only black girl in the room or the only black girl in the audience. Um, This has happened many times. And I was like the token black girl in many situations. Um, Being a Nigerian first generation American, this kind of has taken a toll where it's like, I'm used to it, but we shouldn't, I shouldn't be used to it. Like, It's so important that we tokenize everything but our society. It's important that when you enter into a new space, whether it's a Twitter space or IRL space, that you're not the only one that looks like you. You're not the only one that's represented there. Like it's important to see a mix. It's important to feel like you're welcome because you see others who look like you. You see others that are your same gender. You see others that are uh, a similar ethnicity to you. You see others with similar viewpoints, because if you have everyone looking alike, that means the viewpoints of everyone will likely be alike because they've had similar experiences in life. 
So in, in, if we want to see a change in our uh, community that we're building, it's important to have mass representation so that all the different all the different interests are represented. And, and as we're building this new community, it's up to us to, to make that change by tokenizing everything but our society. And we have the power to do that by bringing on others, onboarding others who look like us and those who don't look like us into the space so we see more diversity. Right. That's one of the things I love about the space that, you know, it could be, uh, you know, a teenage guy just mm -hmm. working on his art, a software engineer, a doctor. You could just have people from all walks of life just coming together because they believe in their purpose and in their creativity. I, yes. I think that's... um. That's very exciting. So thank you so much for being here with us today. I look forward to uh, further conversations with you and um, hopefully meeting you soon in person. Yes, most definitely. You're so very welcome. And thank you again for having me here on Miami Lit. This has been such a great conversation. Absolutely gold. You are a genuine, original, loving dreamer. And I want to thank you for shining your light bright. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate your kind words so much. And I wish you a good day and to everybody listening as well. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. We'll see you soon. Yes, you're so very welcome. Stay gold, everyone. Thank you.